Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early birds gets the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions. I'm going to get drunk. Where them beers, where them beers. All bottles on Mr. Lurie tonight. Damn, that's going to make me throw up. What was it like to have Bradley Cooper in the booth? We the best. No one could have got me a Caprice. Where's the ball security? Touchdown, Tom. Loser. Nick Foles never lost a Super Bowl. Ah, uh, yes, it is. Birds with Friends Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio. Live from the Hard Rock in Atlantic City tonight. Back in the studio. How about this? Our second time doing this, and we can't even do it face-to-face. That's all right. We'll make it work. Bo Wolf and Shio Kapadia of The Athletic. Bo, how's it going? It's doing well, Joe. I can't help but think that you are, you are ducking me after uh, the terrible adjudication last week in not giving me the win in the flock trial when it was clear, and it has become clear, that indeed it is the offense that is the problem and not the defense. Well, you were right about that. Yeah, I, I'll give you um, points now a week later because you were, you were correct on that one, and I, I didn't give you the win. Um, yes, I told the sales team I needed to go on remote on Wednesday because I, I, have, to duck, I have to duck Bo. Sheil, I'm not ducking you, but Jack says you're nervous. You ready to go? You know, Jack was saying I had my shoulder slump. There was a simple reason for that. When you hear such a nonsensical take <laughs> that this is a must win in week six, with 10 games to go, I mean, you have to react somehow. So I think maybe he was mistaking my response to his take for me being nervous. Do I sound nervous, Joe? I'm ready to go, baby. You don't sound nervous. Okay. And I appreciate anyone that calls Jack's takes nonsensical. So this is <laughs> going to be a good hour. All right, a lot to get into here. We will talk about the, the bird lines with the next couple segments. And we'll also get into the crystal bald eagle with this game tomorrow night. But let's start, guys, with some big questions. Three big questions on what this team is right now, where they're going, and everything happening with a 2-3 and three football team. 888-729-9494 if you guys want to hop in. Let's start with this because I was thinking about this today with a team of 2-3 and three, with all the negatives we've seen and heard over the last couple days and weeks. Bo, I'll throw this at you first. Are we watching a poor football team or a good team going through a poor stretch? Well, first of all, thank you for uh, making us feel good with the, the bird pun segments will for the birds with friends loyalists we'll call this questions and mergansers but uh i think the question i think the answer to your question is through five games this is a bad team i mean that's that's the truth it's an undisciplined team they're uh one of the league leaders in penalties all these negative plays they're giving up all these big plays on defense something they didn't do last year but i think we're going to start to find out soon whether it was just uh, just a slow start and you know my gut right now tells me that this is a sort of middle-of-the-road team that still has a chance to win the division, and I still would favor to win the division. But it is uh, certainly a far cry from, from the team we saw last season. Shia, what do you think? Uh, what we're seeing right now and what this team is, based on what we thought, what the roster looked like, what it's become, are we watching a poor football team or just a good team that's having maybe what hopefully will be their worst stretch of the season? You know, in the past 12, 24 hours or so, I've kind of taken a step back, assessed the landscape of the entire league. You watch Washington on Monday night, look terrible against the Saints. You watch that Cowboys team on Sunday night. You start prepping for this game 
against the Giants. And I think really sometimes maybe we overcomplicate it. And I look at it and I say, if you rank every team just coach and quarterback, do you still like this Philadelphia Eagles team? And I think the answer is yes. Has Peterson had a great season? No. Has Carson Wentz played at that elite level yet? No. I mean, he he can still play better. I think he's still played pretty well. But when you take those two factors into account, along with the fact that there are offensive line problems across the NFL, and at the very least, you have five guys who are talented and healthy, you know, I'm going to lean towards this is or can still be a, a pretty very good team that right now is going through a rough stretch and playing poorly. I think there are a lot of things still there for them if they get little things figured out here and there that all of a sudden it might not be this week. It might not be in two weeks. Hey, it might not even be until after the bye. But when you look at it and say, all right, stay in the mix, win the NFC East, be playing your best football in December and maybe get hot and go on a playoff run. Yeah. I think that possibility is absolutely still there for them. And the truth is there's like five good teams in the NFL right now. Right. Uh, But what would concern me is that if you, if you think of what is a way that a team can go from Super Bowl champions to not good at all, you know, one thing, one way to fall off a cliff is is guys getting older, and this is an, an older team. And so, you know, if it is the case that this is just a bad team, that's sort of the thing that worries me is that there's all these guys along the offensive line, uh, along the defensive line, who are just getting a little bit older, and maybe the short offseason had something to do with it, but they are right now uh, not playing up to the level they played last year. Shield, to go back to what you said a few minutes ago, and, and clearly you're right, Bo, they're not even close to that level right now. They've been outscored through five games, and last year they were, you know, for two months, they were a dominant football team. They've been nothing close to that. Shield, at what point of a season, and, and you've covered, both of you guys have covered the league and been around the league for a long time. I, I struggle with this every year with different teams. Now this year's Eagles team may be the, the biggest example of when do you change what you thought and what your conviction was about a roster and a team? How much do you have to see before you start saying, maybe they're not going to be good? You know, are we there yet? It's been five games. Is it two more weeks? Is it three? Shield, when is it for you when you'll start thinking maybe this isn't a good football team? I think it's pretty late in the season. I mean, we see all the time that teams kind of stay in the mix maybe until week 11, week 12. You're 6-5, you're 7-4, and, five, you're, seven and four, you're, you're winning some games, losing some games. You have that Jekyll and Hyde sort of character as a football team, and then maybe you go on a run or you get healthy or you get a guy back, that kind of thing. I mean, we've seen this before. You know, we've seen Packers teams with whether it's Aaron Rodgers giving the uh, relax to the, the Lambeau faithful, whether it's the Patriots losing one or two games in the first month of the season and everyone saying the dynasty is over. I mean, this happens. Teams have to work through stuff to get to where they're going to be at the end of the season. Last year, you know, the Eagles lost that, that Chiefs game week two, and then obviously they go on a big run. It was a different type of season last year. Not every season is going to be like that where you're going to reel off nine wins in a row where you're going to look like this juggernaut and be blowing teams out by 30 points three, four weeks in a row. I think that was the exception, and that's not always ha- how it happened. So I think, yeah, you stay in the mix. If if week 11, you know, you're, you're five and six going into a, a week 12 matchup, that kind of thing, then, yeah, obviously at that point you're going to be concerned. But, I mean, they won nine games in a row at one point last year so that's why I think that you know maybe we're we're putting too much stock into how big this game is Thursday night and putting too much stock into kind of saying what this team is going to be so early in the season there's been a lot of talk this week guys about and you've written about it Bo I read your piece today on what the Eagles could prioritize here as the trade deadline's a few weeks away I I think the talk this week is probably premature because trades aren't going to go down today or tomorrow it's probably more like two or three weeks from now but 
it's it's an obvious talking point, and it's obviously a writing point for you guys because this roster needs help. Howie Roseman needs to do something here to give them a jolt, and the JHI injury took that conversation and, and put it into overdrive. Overdrive, Bo. When you look at this roster and what could be possibly be out there, what do you think Howie Roseman should prioritize here? I would have said wide receiver two weeks ago. This running back group, though, it is it's pretty thin when you look at it, especially because you cannot trust at his age and the injuries. Darren Sproles to come back and give them anything really moving forward. You're not a big Josh Adams guy, Joe? I like Josh Adams, but I don't know if I'm going to count on Josh Adams as my number two back as they're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, listen, I understand why why running back is sort of the focus of everybody's attention right now. Obviously, it's a, a big drop-off from Jay Ajayi to Wendell Smallwood. I think we sort of have a lot of hope for Corey Clement. He's the one guy among that group who sort of fits the mold as as maybe being able to carry the load as a, as a primary back, but he's got to prove that he can stay healthy. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of workload they give him tomorrow night. But the truth is that as, as ugly as this running back group has been so far through the first five games, they're actually running the ball fine. You know, Football Outsiders has them eighth in running offense. That's the only category. If you look at pass offense, pass defense, run offense, run defense, that the Eagles are in the top ten in. So even though they're not running the ball that much volume-wise, when they do run it, they're running it well. And I think that's a credit uh, to, to the way that Doug Peterson schemes things up. To me, I still think it's wide receiver. I think you can make a case for defensive tackle. Obviously, the, the guys who are playing alongside Fletcher Cox are a far cry from Tim Jernigan, and maybe that is affecting things in terms of the pass rush. But you look at the wide receiver, I think the Seagulls team needs speed. They need somebody who can line up, run deep, and not get called for an illegal formation like Shelton Gibson did the other night. Uh, I think it's a wide receiver, and I think I would be willing, if I'm Howie Roseman, to spend uh, some serious draft capital for a guy who could be maybe young and contributing beyond this season, someone to be sort of a a running mate for Carson Wentz moving forward. If you can find that guy, to me, that's the the big-ticket item that would be worth it. Shio, where do you lie on this? And I could, I think an offensive playmaker is is almost a must. Running back feels like a big priority to me now. Bo just threw out the numbers. Where do you lie on this? Because it's just hard to see them scoring points, enough points week to week, with what they have out there right now, both at the receiving core and the running back position. I mean, look at the best teams in the NFL right now, and they are the ones that are the hardest to defend, whether that's Scheme, personnel, usually a combination of of both, obviously. Rams, Chiefs, you can probably name some others. They are just so hard to game plan against where you shut one thing down. They've got a plan B. They've got a plan C. They've got wide receivers getting lined up on linebackers, guys winning one-on-one matchups. And I look at this Eagles team, you know, I don't think it's a bad supporting cast. It's It's not a bad group of pass catchers, but they haven't looked very difficult to defend to me through the first five weeks. So, yeah, I do think, and I think Bo's point that he made is a big one. And that is, however this season goes, at the end of the season, there are two positions offensively that you're really going to need to address, running back and wide receiver. So do you say we have better options now in the trade market than we might have in free agency rather than spending a high draft pick on a guy? I think those are the questions being asked at the NovaCare Complex, and I expect them to be pretty aggressive. If there's a deal out there to be made for a younger player 
who you can keep beyond just these final whatever, seven, eight, nine games, I think in that situation, it really does make sense to be aggressive because it's an area you're going to need to address anyway. Why not do it earlier? You're not going to have to sign a free agent where that counts against that uh, comp pick formula that as well. And you can kind of ID a guy and not have to have a lot of other bidders there uh, as well. So it would not surprise me at all if Howie Roseman was aggressive here as we approach the trade deadline in a few weeks. The only thing that would surprise me if he wasn't. I mean, it's a couple years in a row now, he's, he's been that. Two years ago, there were the rumors about Torrey Smith and then Alshon. They ended up acquiring both in free agency the next year because they couldn't get um, trades figured out. And then last year, they obviously traded for J.H.I. Like, they will be in the mix, it feels like, to do something. Bo, do you think there's any chance that the Eagles make multiple moves? Because they have multiple holes. And it feels like all the conversation we've been having is which is the bigger one, which do they go after. Do you think there's a chance they they try to get multiple players, or is that unrealistic? I don't think that's unrealistic. I think there is a, a real chance for that, especially because if you look at sort of the running back market beyond the guys like Le'Veon Bell, I think you can probably get somebody on the lower end for a pretty reasonable price, whether that's someone like, I don't know, Chris Ivory or Tevin Coleman or uh, somebody along those lines. I think that's a, a reasonable deal for a, a late-round pick. That's sort of an easy thing to add. And running back, you know, if we're, if we're being honest, is, is not as premium a position as the wide receivers. So I, I, I think that's possible. I would, I would expect that uh, – I would be surprised if there is not a running back added in, in some fashion. And then if there's a, a big-ticket item available, either a defensive tackle, maybe even defensive end or wide receiver, then I think, yeah, Howie wants to, Howie wants to swing for the fences. He's, he wants to still be king of the city. That's what Howie does. 888-729-949 for the hop in. Birds with Friends Radio. We'll hit our third of our three big questions coming up in a minute. Let's grab some phone calls here. Ben is in Wilmington on with Joe, Bo, and Shia. What's up, Ben? Hey, how you doing? Good, Ben. What's up? So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a little worried about this Giants team. I know on paper everyone says they suck, but, I mean, our, our pass defense is atrocious this year, and they have – you know, a pretty good receiving core with Odell Beckham. And if you remember what he did to us the second half last year with a much better defense and better team, I'm just I'm just worried about this game. And uh, normally, you know, you'd say you think this would be a trap game, but we're coming off two losses, so it's not a trap. You just have to win. Yeah, I don't think the trap game fits here. It's a division game, which is always, you know, it always carries its own kind of feel to it. And Ben, we appreciate the call. Guys, we'll break down the game later on in the hour, but my initial thought, Shield is that the Giants aren't good. I, I know they've had moments, and they've had some moments against the Eagles in, in recent years where they made big plays or put up a bunch of points, but they the last two years, I and mean, we're talking about one of the worst teams in the NFL, I, I think this is a good matchup for the Eagles because I don't think the Giants are a good football team. We're also talking about an offense that lit the Eagles up last yeah. year during their Super Bowl run. And you know what? That Titans offense that you know we, we watched a couple weeks ago that's putting up 100 yards, against the Buffalo Bills <laughs> and lit up Jim Schwartz for, what, 340 yep. passing yards. So I'm past the point of saying this is not a good football team. It's a good matchup for the Eagles. Let's win a couple first before, uh, before we get to that. But you're right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into kind of the, the X's and O's and the specific matchups a little later. But I think you're, you're a little m- more confident than I am there, Joe. I am. And, yeah, but that was, it was disconcerting. I will say that Sunday when I was following along with the Titans and the Bills game, I, I see Marcus Mariota <laughs> Unbelievable. as 100 yards in the fourth quarter. I said, oh. That's not good. Saeed is in Mount Laurel, up next on Birds with Friends. What's up, Saeed? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Nothing, man. Yeah, so I heard what you guys said about 
getting a wide receiver and running back, but to be honest, I think that's low on the totem pole from what I've seen of the positions that we need to fill. I mean, I think number one is offensive tackle. I mean, especially the way Lane Johnson has been playing. I mean, this, I don't know what's up with them. I mean, this, we're talking about an all-pro right tackle, probably the best right tackle in football, and he's just getting beat like a drum every play. I mean, he gave the Vikings seven points that game, literally. He gave them seven points. That was, that was the difference in the game, you could argue, that as a result of that block, we lost that game. And I don't. And Jason Peters, I'm, he, I don't know if he's coming back next year. We need to draft left tackle because I think that is the most important position besides quarterback. Because I don't want to waste away Wentz like the Packers have been wasting away Aaron Rodgers. I want to fortify that line. I want to draft some corners. I want to draft some more defensive linemen. Wide receivers will be straight. I think that will be okay because I think Wentz is good enough to make a decent player a decent. If you give Wentz time, he's going to find an open guy, and he's going to he's going to do his thing because he's throwing for 300 plus yards every game, regardless of who he has out there. Well, he you know has I mean? the last couple of weeks. Saeed, it's it's an interesting point. I think in the draft, and we appreciate the call. Next year is definitely going to be a priority. But Shield, as I look at this trade deadline, as much as Lane has, has stunk it up and not played great the last couple of weeks. They're not replacing Lane Johnson. Unless there's an injury, I don't see how offensive tackle becomes something how he actually acquires to play this year. No, no, absolutely not. The solution there is Lane Johnson to play better, and he's capable of playing better. You're not, you're not sitting Lane Johnson. You're not sitting Jason Peters. And even looking down the road, if we want to do that, I can't believe we're talking draft, Joe, on the second it's birds October. with friends. It's not even Halloween yet, for goodness sake. But if we are going to do that, I mean, you have to keep Jordan Mailata in mind. You know, they, they are kind of viewing him as the potential left tackle of the future. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting the guy in the Hall of Fame. Some of the accolades have been overblown, but when you're just looking at roster construction, he's a guy they believe they can groom for sure down the road. Sheil is on the record, Joe, just so you know, as saying that he would not accept a first-round pick for Jordan Mailata. I thought you were going to say I'm on the record as being (laughs) anti-Halloween, which is true. (laughs) That is true. Anti-Halloween? You don't like candy, Sheil? Come on, ruins your teeth. Yeah, I don't need that stuck in my teeth all day. You're fun, bad, Capadia. Yeah, I'm saying that for years. I'm no not fun. fun. I am right. not fun. I will cop to that. Let's hit our last uh, three big question here, our third of our big questions. Let's reset the ceiling for this football team because before the season started, there was a feeling like, okay, they could be better or the same or close to it. And I heard most people saying 11, 12, 13 wins. I think I said 11 before the season. They're 2-3 and three now. And to get to those numbers, well, they couldn't even get – um, you know, 13 would be winning out, and they're not going to do that. What is what's the what's the ceiling now, Bo? Like, what, when you look at this football team, if they start playing well, what's a realistic expectation, and then what's the ceiling? Because I'm starting to think 10 is the best that we're going to see this year. I mean, ceiling the ceiling is they win the division and win the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but from where I'm from where I'm sitting, I think. The hope is that Carson Wentz rounds into his MVP form. The offensive line gets their act together. Doug Peterson schemes, thing up for, schemes things up for the running game. The defensive line gets after people, and the secondary can sort of piece things together. I don't think that, you know, 10 wins is unrealistic right now. And I, I think, frankly, I know Jack doesn't want to hear about how bad the division is. But, like, you know, you could convince me that 8-8 eight is going to win this division. So as long as the Eagles win the division, get a home game, Carson Wentz is rounding into form. I, I don't think that's a crazy expectation, but 
I also think the floor is like five and eleven, and the wow. locker room can bust. Five and, and who 11? knows? Like, really? I don't think that's impossible. I think this is a very high variance team. It's like Nick Foles is in charge of the whole team. It's all high variance. See, they shouldn't have kept Nick Foles. That's what you're saying. They're five and we're talking draft and five and eleven. Shield uh, put a little uh, levity on the situation here. I think that's low. I would be stunned. <laughs> I would be shocked unless Carson Wentz gets injured. Then all bets are off. If Carson Wentz is going to start the rest of the season. Uh, I put the floor at maybe seven and nine, eight and eight. I think the ceiling is 11 and five, but you know, a lot of things have to go right. And one thing we haven't discussed is this was supposed to be kind of the easy part of your schedule that you just had. I mean, you still have to go uh, to new Orleans, to the Rams. You have all six division games. You've got Jacksonville. I mean, there are some some big boy games coming up, including after this one, you've got Carolina at home, and they're not a pushover. So uh, I don't think it's going to get any easier. I, you know, I think if you're playing at the level you played in your first five games, maybe Bo is right, but I think they're going to uh, get better, and I think if Carson Wentz is healthy, yeah, I'll, I'll say floor is like 7-9. and nine. Ceiling at this point is probably 11-5. and five. It's tough for me to think that they would uh, lose fewer than two games the rest of the way with this schedule. Yeah, that is very tough, tough to predict there. 888-729-9494. Bird lines on the other side. We'll take your phone calls. And before we uh, we hit this here, Bo, tell everyone about The Athletic where uh, everyone can read you and Shields' work. Theathletic.com slash WIP is where you can get 30% off and you get Shields' breakdown of the All-22. All kinds of good stuff. We looked at uh, 23 players the Eagles could acquire via trade today on The Athletic. You also get... Stuff like Matt Gelb on the Phillies, Derek Bonner on the Sixers, all kinds of good stuff, Charlie O'Connor on the Flyers. And then you also get the national guys like Jason Stark and uh, Jay Glazer, other stuff like that. So a no-brainer decision. No-brainer. Birds with Friends Radio coming up on the other side. A lot to talk about. 888-729-9494, Sports Radio 94, WIP. 828 on a Wednesday night. Joe Giglio with you. Birds with Friends Radio right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Bo Wolf, Shio Kapati of The Athletic with us here for the hour. Talking Eagles game tomorrow night. We'll get into some game predictions and thoughts. That's coming up. We'll also get to bird lines here in a couple minutes. Bo has concocted some thoughts on things that might happen tomorrow night. We'll chime in on what we think um, about these different scenarios in the games. That's coming up. Bird lines. Let's take a couple calls first. Ryan is in Vineland. Ryan, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good, Ryan. What's uh, up? Good, good. Uh, I just wanted to say to, uh, to Sheila and Bo, uh, next, since you guys are big time, next uh, you know, next time we have a meetup, probably going to have to go uh, somewhere a little bigger next time, which is uh, which is cool for you guys. But I uh, just wanted to throw a Peck Nest Migrate at you guys. Oh, yeah, bring of, it on. Uh, of uh, Bad Eagle Safeties. Um, Corey Graham, Nate Allen, and Sean Considine. John Constantine. Okay, so you may you may understand the the conceit of this, Joe. Peckness migrate. Migrate means you want this guy out forever. Peck means you want him, I guess, in this context to start one game, and Nest means he has to be your starting safety forever in perpetuity for the Eagles. Is that fair, Ryan? Yeah, that's a, that sounds right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna Nest Nate Allen. I think you have to, and then I'm gonna Peck Corey Graham and, and migrate Sean Constantine. I think I'll uh, I'll peck Constantine and migrate Corey Graham. <laughs> Bo, I'm with you. Um, the fact that Nate Allen is the guy we're keeping around here that that's that's, that's not, not good. good. Yeah, no, that was a good good a good, one. good three choices from Ryan. What a great call. 
Ryan, we appreciate Thanks, it. Um, as far as, look, he, he called in, and, and the safety thing is the conversation. Avante Maddox, I thought he was better last week, Shield. Did you think the same thing? I, I didn't, it wasn't like I was watching the game saying Avante is killing them uh, in his second game at safety. I'm not sure if it's going to be a positive all year, but I thought there was a little improvement there game one to game two. I would agree for, for sure, and I think really the message to Avante Maddox last week is do not get beat over the top. Do not give up explosive plays, and that's what he did. I mean, he wasn't someone who you watched and said, wow, this guy's flying all over the place making plays. He was not doing that. You know, hopefully at some point that would be the next step in kind of his development. But for now, really, you just don't want him to kill you. I mean, the free safety spot, that is the key. Just do not give up those big plays. Be where you're supposed to be. Help the corners when you're supposed to help them. And, uh, you know, anything you can give above and beyond that, whether it's uh, playmaking with interceptions, getting downhill against the run, all those different types of things, you want to grow into that. But, yeah, I thought it was an encouraging sign, and and now we'll see a little bit more uh, what he does on Thursday. It's funny. Jim Schwartz was praising Avante Maddox for the play he made on the long 68-yard Adam Thielen catch over Jalen Mills just for keeping him out of the end zone, just sort of running deep and making Thielen zig and zag until they could finally bring him down. And, and I mean, I guess he's right. They did hold them to a field goal, so that was sort of a four-point play. But, I mean, that tells you how, how sort of low the expectations are for Avante Maddox right now, that that was one of the big plays he was praised for. Yeah, well, we've lowered the bar, and it just shows that the lack of safety depth they had, that that's what you're asking out of this guy, you know, as a starter right now. Steve is in Ben Salem. What's up, Steve? Hi, how are you? Good, Steve. What's up tonight? Uh, sorry, guys. I had you on speakerphone. Um, I just wanted to go over a couple things. In a nutshell, um, uh, it will take me just a minute or so. But um, I think on the defensive side of the ball, losing Vinnie Curry and uh, Jerrigan, Jernigan, uh was a big loss to them because uh, Jernigan had that first and second down push up the middle, and Vinnie Curry always came in on the third down for that wrap-up of the hurry, which isn't counted as much this year, it seems like. And on the uh, uh, offensive side of the ball, I don't think we had that downfield uh, brute of a runner like Blount was. Even though I know Jay filled that spot, he was more of a dancer and a brute, but we never had that straightforward runner. And Blount used to actually hurdle people last year. And on top of that, you know, we don't have anybody to stretch the field. So, in a nutshell, I think that's our biggest problem. Well, they're missing – look, they're missing some of the depth they had last year. And, Steve, we appreciate the call. Of all those guys that were mentioned there, Sheila, it feels like the Jernigan loss is the one that they couldn't do anything about. He got hurt, but they're missing that. I mean, Destiny Vio plays, and it's like you walk away from the game and you didn't even realize he was out there. Destiny Vio's played 129 snaps and has one tackle and no sacks this season. <laughs> That's, I mean, there's, that's bad. No, there's nothing else to say there. I, I agree with you. Out of the guys he mentioned, Tim Jernigan is absolutely the one they miss the most because, you know, they have Michael Bennett and Brandon Graham. Those guys can play inside next to Fletcher Cox when you're in obvious passing situations. But when it's first and 10 or second and six and you're not sure if the other team's going to run or pass and you've got uh, Haloti Nada in there or Destiny Vaya or they had Bruce Hector in there, I mean, those guys are giving you zero if the other team is passing the football. So uh, Jernigan was kind of that versatile defensive tackle, especially in the first half of last year, where he could make plays behind the line of scrimmage in the run game. He could get you some some push up the middle, uh, push the pocket, not give the quarterback somewhere to step up if the other team was passing it. So, yeah, I would agree that Tim Jernigan is the one they miss out of that group.
All right, we teased it. I think we should hit it right now. Bo, it's time for bird lines. It's time for the, the folks here in WIP to be indoctrinated into bird lines. Take it away, Bo. All right, Joe. This is exciting. You, get, you are the first person besides Sheila and myself who gets to take part in bird lines, so we're going to put you on the hot seat. The first question, and we'll go to Sheila first. We're talking a little bit about the, uh, the Giants' offense against the Eagles' defense here. Times that Eli Manning will be sacked by the Eagles. Now, keep in mind, he has been sacked 16 times this season, so that's just over three a game, and the Eagles have about two and a half sacks per game, versus Odell Beckham Jr. catches over 15 yards, and he has two and a half of those per game this season. So Eli sacks versus ODB catches over 15 yards. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, Eli Manning's been sacked 16 times, fourth most in the NFL. So this is an area where you say, all right, I know he gets rid of the football pretty quickly, which is going to be the challenge for the Eagles' defense. But still, you should be able to get to him a little bit in this game. So I'm going to say the Eagles' defensive line shows up in a pretty big way in this game and comes away with, I will give him four sacks. I think Odell Beckham's going to have a big game. I mean, how could you not think that, having watched him and this defense? But, you know, it's tough to get more than, like, three catches of 15-plus yards in a game. So I will give the Eagles defensive line the slight edge there. I'm with Shield on this one. I'm going to go four sacks, just like Shield did. I'm only going to go two uh, passes over 15 yards for Odell. Now, they might be 50, and they might be 60, but <laughs> yeah. I think it's only going to be two really big plays. And tomorrow night has to be the night the Eagles defensive line gets going. If they can't, it's a problem, especially because it looks like Barnett will be back. I, and, and I thought Brandon Grant played well on Sunday, Bo. So I, I'm going with the Eagles. Uh, they're going to have more in this uh, this little matchup. The Eagles do lead the league in quarterback hits, even though they have not got, gotten home for all those sacks. So they are, they are very close to getting to the quarterback. All right, next one. Saquon Barkley, yards from scrimmage, and he is averaging 116 yards from scrimmage per game, versus combined receiving yards by Nelson Aguilar and Alshon Jeffrey, and they are averaging together 114. So it's, uh, oh. it's very tight here. That's a good one. That's a tough one. So Saquon Barkley, it's, I mean, I, I find him uh, just so fun to watch, just rewatching that giant. Ben Homer. Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, Be objective, Shio. Come l- on. L- I, I'm actually a Penn State alum, but a Penn State hater, <laughs> yeah. as Bo knows. That's so exactly that's why right. he's needling me a little bit. But, uh, you know, in the Eagles' run defense has still been very good, and no one's had more negative runs this season than Saquon Barkley. So if you look at that Eagles defensive line, their ability uh, to get behind the line of scrimmage, those tackles for loss, uh, I don't think Barkley's going to have a huge game running the ball. However, as a receiver, they do all kinds of different things with him, splitting him out wide, using him in the screen game, uh, all that. So I think he'll probably be right around that average. I'm going to give the Eagles the edge again here. Now, Nelson Aguilar is probably someone we should have talked about more so far this season, I mean, they have not been able to get this guy going. He's averaging, what, seven or eight yards per reception, which is terrible uh, for a wide receiver. But uh, I'm not overly impressed with that New York Giants defense and, and that secondary. So I think there will be opportunities for where Carson Wentz has protection, is able to find his receivers downfield. And I think, uh, I think Jeffrey and Aguilar will combine for more yards than Saquon Barkley. I'm going to go with Barkley on this one because I think the Giants, it looks like no Engram tomorrow night, so one of their weapons is that they're going to have to use him. And if, if they're doubling or sending extra towards Beckham and maybe trying to rush Eli so the deep pass to Beckham, uh, deep pass to Beckham isn't there, you're going to get more out of, sh- of their running game and more out of 
Barkley in the short pass game. So I think it's him, and I could see Alshon make it a player two in the red zone. But like she was saying, Bo, they just haven't gotten Aguilar going, and it feels like the pass game flows through Zach Ertz right now, not so much Aguilar or Jeffrey. So I think Saquon's going to have a big night. I think he's the answer here. I do want to quickly come clean. I, I, was, uh, I misspoke earlier. I think the Eagles are sixth in DVOA run defense, and I said they weren't top ten in anything else. So just well, we're not allowed to have errors the on the evening straight. show. You okay. never admit being wrong. This is radio. This isn't a pot. You never admit to being wrong. Have You're, you ever listened to the station before? Yeah, probably. We're, we're wrong, we're wrong all day, and we pretend we're not. That's what we do around here. <laughs> all right, next one. Three left. Eagles third down conversions in this game. They are averaging just 5.2 third down conversions per game. This is a question. Do you think the Eagles are going to clean up their mess? So 5.2 third down conversions versus penalties by the Eagles tomorrow night. They're averaging 9.6 penalties per game. I'll go with penalties on this one. Yeah. Prove it to me first. I mean, these pre-snap penalties are amazing. They are the sign of, I don't know if the offensive players are confused, if they're giving them too much. Last week, guys are running on and off the field, don't know where to be lined up. And offensively, the Eagles are second in the NFL in terms of offensive penalties. So they just haven't been able to get right there. Third down has been really the biggest difference on the football team uh, from last year. I think they were top five last year. Now they're they're 31st, 32nd in the NFL. So I think they will improve there, but uh, they got to prove it to me with the penalties. So I'll say more penalties than third down conversion. I'm with you on this one, but I'll spin it another way. I think tomorrow night's a night they can move the football better on first and second down and maybe make some early first downs and not be in as many third downs. So I don't think they're going to need to be as good on third down as we keep asking them to be, uh, and they can still be okay in this game. But, uh, yeah, I think the penalties, it's a problem. and it's, I, I don't know how they fix it, but they need to. I think penalties, there'll be more of that tomorrow night. All right, we know about the Eagles' struggles early in games this season. Let's go Eagles' first quarter points versus times that Carson Wentz is hit in this game. He has been hit 8.3 times per game in his three starts. The Giants, 31st in sacks, and they only hit the quarterback four and a half times per game. Yeah, the Giants' pass rush is terrible, and they've got a new defensive coordinator. I would expect them to throw some blitzes at the Eagles, given how bad uh, the Eagles have handled those blitzes so far. It sounds like Olivier Vernon, their best pass rusher, should be back in some capacity. I don't know if he'll be able to take on a full workload or not, but this is a matchup that should favor the Eagles' offensive line. I agree with what Joe was saying earlier. This is an area where the Eagles' offensive line can get right uh, against this Giants' defensive line. First quarter points have been a huge issue. You know, Doug Peterson's been mentioning it all week long. What they want to do is get a lead early, play with the lead. It opens up the whole menu offensively, run pass defensively. You force the opponent to be one-dimensional, get the pass rush going. I think they're going to put up some points in the first quarter. I think they get a touchdown in the first quarter at least, and I think they're going to protect Carson Wentz better tomorrow. So I go Eagles first quarter points. I'm with Shield, and if, if this is not, if this is the opposite, there's a, there's a big issue here. If they can't block this defensive line, which Connor Barwin has only got had a sack last week for them, uh, and they can't score early, they're in big trouble. I think they'll figure that out tomorrow night. So that, uh, I will go with the Eagles scoring more points. All right, 888 pound nine four nine four to hop in. On the other side, your phone calls and crystal bald eagle. We'll debut that segment. Birds with Friends Radio. Shield, before we hit this, Tell everyone about The Athletic and where they can find you guys. Theathletic.com slash WIP. If you haven't checked it out yet, be sure to go there. Give it a run. You get 30% off. You get a seven-day 
free trial. The most, you know, there's all this trade talk on the airwaves all, all day long. I think the most comprehensive breakdown came from Bo Wolf today. 23 names basically looks at every running back and wide receiver that could be available in a very smart way with some advanced stats, their age, their availability, their contract status, the likelihood of each guy. So go ahead, go to ni- go to theathletic.com slash WIP. Uh, and check that out if you haven't done so yet. Including T.Y. Hilton, which I didn't expect to see mm. in there. Good article. Go check it out. 888-729-9494. Birds with Friends Radio. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Welcome back. Birds with Friends Radio. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio live with the Hard Rock tonight in Atlantic City. And I have Steely Dan tickets here. We'll give away in the, in, in the 10 o'clock hour. Excuse me, 9 o'clock hour. Steely Dan coming up Saturday night here at the Hard Rock. We'll give those away coming up next hour. Right now, it's Birds with Friends Radio. Bo Wolf, Shio Kapadia, back in the studio. So we've had three big questions. We've had bird lines. And now we need to get to our crystal bald eagle, which this is my first time with the crystal bald eagle. So, Shio, tell, tell me what we're doing here. You know, i got to give it to Bo. Bo is the explainer, the creator of all these segments, so I don't want to take credit. Bo, take okay. it away. Oh, you can take it. You, no, you know gotta... it by now. The crystal ball eagle. It's our prediction for the game, and we're gonna within that do a little, uh, a little who owl. You know who will we talk about if the Eagles win? One player we'll talk about if the Eagles win, and one player we will be talking about if the Eagles lose tomorrow night. So you're kind of predicting the headline Friday morning. You know, Angelo comes on here. Who's he leading the show with if they come out with the victory Thursday night? Who's he leading the show with if they if they lose that football game and drop their their third consecutive uh, game here? All right, I got you. I'll put it in the language that I understand. As <laughs> Jack and I on Friday night usually do a, a guess the take. Like, what's the take going to be on Monday? Same thing. We're going to guess the, the crystal ball here. All right. I think the Eagles are going to win this game tomorrow night. But I will say if they win the game tomorrow night and they come out of this thing at 3-3, three and three, I think the story – on Friday morning, when Angelo signs on 5.30, 6 a.m., whenever he pops the mic on, on Friday morning. I think the story will be Carson Wentz having a big game and Zach Ertz continuing. It's funny, guys, you said you we got to pick one, Joe. Zach Ertz, again, who's having an amazing run here. And we're not talking at all about how well he's playing because the team is losing. I mean, he's, he's on pace for a ridiculous all-time great tight end season. The Giants do not cover tight ends well. They really haven't for a long time. I think Ertz has a big game and actually does well in the red zone. Zach Ertz, if the Eagles win, if the Eagles lose, it's going to be about Doug again. I mean, Doug's got beat up a little bit this week. I think Doug will get beat up Friday if they don't win the game. That's a good one. And I think uh, with Zach Ertz, you know, the the trade the Giants made for linebacker Alec Ogletree this offseason, I did not understand. (laughs) And if you go back to that Eagles-Rams game last year, uh, the Eagles ate his lunch. I mean, Jason Kelsey was knocking that guy over time and again. In the run game. Bo, should I go next here? You, you can go next because I have to admit that Joe stole my thunder. I was going hard after mm, Zach Ertz. Okay. All right. Well, then I will go. All right. My prediction for the game, I think it's going to be a tight one. You could have some weather tomorrow night, it sounds like. You could have some rain there at MetLife Stadium. I think it's going to come down to the end. I don't think the Eagles are going to go in there and blow them away. They have too many questions uh, on both sides of the football. I think it comes down uh, to the final two minutes, and I think – at first, Eli Manning drives the Giants down the field. They take a 23-21 lead with two minutes left. It gets put in the hands of the Eagles offense. And Carson Wentz, with the entire city watching, the entire football world watching, on Thursday night, is he going to save the season? 
He drives them down the field. He connects to Alshon Jeffrey near the sideline. He gets them within range of a 41-yard field goal. Jake Ice Elliott kicks it in the rain. Nails it. Eagles 24, Giants 23. So that's my prediction. Now, if they win the game, I think, uh, granted what I said, obviously you're going to be talking about Carson Wentz in, in that situation. But the guy I will identify here is Brandon Graham. I think he really started to come on last week. I do not buy that the Giants have this huge improved offensive line from a year ago, even though they made many changes. I think Brandon Graham, multiple sacks, including a sack fumble in this football game. Now, if they lose, and I think, you know, I'll be honest, I think there is at least a possibility that they lose this game. It's pretty simple. It's that Odell Beckham is going for like, 11 catches for 180 or something ridiculous and it's slant 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 double move on Jalen Mills all game long so I think Jalen Mills is the guy we're talking about as if we haven't talked enough about him already he's the guy we're talking about if the Eagles lose this football game couple things before you go Bo one Sheil um off your predictions Jake Elliott ending the Giants season again would be pretty amazing and two it might not be fair and as we do these different crystal ball Eagles throughout our time together on this show I'm now going to expect you, after what happened with the Super Bowl and Brandon Graham <laughs> and your right. prediction, like I'm going to expect you to hit all of these 1,000% correctly. That might not be fair, but I'm just being honest. I expect that to be spot on. Go ahead, Bo. It's you, fair. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, That's right? That's right. <laughs> all right. If the Eagles win this game, I'm going to go towards where you're going if they lose. I mean, the, what we know about this Giants offense is they're going to be trying to throw the ball against this Eagles defense. They did it so effectively last year, getting the ball out quick. Their running game is not good, and the Eagles' running defense is outstanding. So they're going to try to throw the ball, and they're going to try to throw at Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby. And even though Avante Maddox is the nominal free safety, I think we could get Malcolm Jenkins' first interception of the season. I think it could be a big game. He is one of the leaders on this team, maybe the leader on this team. Their back is against the wall. If they win this game... I think we might see a a big vintage performance from Malcolm Jenkins. If the Eagles lose this game, what concerns me about a Thursday night game is this uh, we have talked about as an old roster. And, you know, who is the guy who might struggle most with getting back to a game four days later? I think it's Jason Peters. We see Jason Peters uh, during practice. It takes like an, an enormous human being just to stretch his leg while everybody else is going through the beginning of practice. He has come out of games this season because he's uh, knows that he's not quite ready. And when he does that, we see that Halapula Vati Vaitai cannot quite hold on uh, to the stuff at left tackle. And so I worry that with Olivier Vernon back, maybe Jason Peters on the short week is not quite up to snuff. And that is where the Eagles lose this game if it happens. More pressure on Carson Wentz, maybe a blind side hit, maybe another fumble. And then we start talking about Carson Wentz's fumble issues and just as Joe stole my thunder on Zach Ertz I have to say that you know coming into this week I coming into this show I was expecting maybe I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna pick the Giants to win this game I think the Eagles are struggling division games are weird they're at home but the Eagles have not cleared that 23 point bar that is the bar for this game can they clear the 23 point bar and I think they win this game 24 to 23 on a last second field goal miss by the Giants by the skin of their teeth. The Eagles survive and go to three and three. 
So we're going to have another game, the two of you think, like the first five, where it's right down to the end and right down just every – there's angst all throughout the city of Philadelphia. I'll tell you what, though, if it goes sour, and I don't think it will, I took Doug, uh, Sheila, you took Jalen, and Bo, you took Jason Peters. That should fill the phone lines at WIP Friday uh, pretty much for 24 straight hours. Hope it doesn't happen, but we shall see. Guys, uh, another fun Birds with Friends. We'll be following along at The Athletic and you guys tomorrow night up at the game before you guys go. Bo, tell everyone one more time how they can find your coverage at The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash WIP gets you 30%.